2: We have two
3: episodes left of the Women's World Cup coverage here on Kicked Back, presented by Betway with Julia and Caroline. Julia, I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, This tournament has completely flown by. The semifinals are in the books. We're going to talk about the finals here on this episode. Man, what a tournament it, it has been. And just right now, your overall general thoughts, what are they? Wow. I think personally, everybody, including me,
1: you know, our brackets are messed up. We are have no clue what's going on. This tournament has been the key word unpredictable. But at the same time, overall thoughts, I think we have seen some exceptional storylines, some exceptional moments, both on and off the pitch. I just think the last couple of weeks have been a real pleasure and a real turning point for women's football. So sad to see that, you know, we're going into our final weekend, but also
3: excited because I know there's more great things to come. And we're going to talk about your lionesses here in a second, because you yeah. must be. I know the Canadian women's team didn't do as well as we would have liked them to do, but you have, you know, the second team with with England that has been absolutely incredible. So we'll get to that in the second half of the show. We'll start with Sweden and Spain. Uh, Sweden starting to low-key think they're cursed in terms of getting into the World Cup final. So they haven't been into the World Cup final for 20 years. We obviously know they've come close so many times. Mm -hmm. This This is now, since we know that Spain won this game too, Won uh Spain's first ever World Cup final, which is a massive accomplishment considering the fact that this is their third World Cup mm-hmm. ever. So yep. you have these two teams, uh, you know, Sweden, who's very experienced at this level in this stage in the tournament, taking on the Spanish side, who's maybe not as experienced, but clearly a massive contender. So mm-hmm. were you shocked by this result? I think we both had Sweden going through. Um, I can't say I'm like crazy shocked. It wasn't like an upset for me, but I yep. do have have to say that I did have the expectation of Sweden with their experience with, you know, just how they probably want to get into that final and break mm-hmm. that 20-year curse, I did expect them to get through. But this game was, um, just in my opinion, like a little lackluster And until there was this 10-minute yeah. window of absolute chaos, which, you know, shout out to both teams. But <laughs> Spain doing their job. And mm-hmm. once again, our predictions are down the drain. And uh, Sweden I going home. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I I would say I'm with you, Caroline. I I don't think I was particularly shocked to see Spain go through again because they are such a dominant team they're a world class team they have outstanding players and they're in the World Cup semifinals for a reason I mean the final four teams are all extraordinary have done extraordinary things on this tournament. So at the end of the day anything can really happen and we've really seen that but I guess where if you want to use the word shock comes from I, I thought Sweden would have came out I think with a little bit more fire per se Mm -hmm. especially considering the fact that this was their moment they've you know knocked off some incredible top-ranked teams I thought for sure they had such a chance um you know against Spain to go through and it would have been an incredible storyline for them to finally break this curse like you're mentioning so (laughs) my heart goes out to them but I think where I'm like oh no like come on like when Spain went on to score the third goal, which is obviously outstanding from Spain's perspective. But I, I can't help but wonder if, if maybe Sweden just switched off for a second because it, the, the second goal.
3: Oh, sorry, Spain's yeah. second goal. I was yeah. like, did I miss a goal?
1: Oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> Spain's second
0: goal.
3: like, has my brain not switched on on this podcast yet? <laughs>
1: no. So okay. So. Basically, I guess the storyline, Sweden equalizes right near the end. I thought, oh, baby, this is the arc. Like it's coming back. And Spain, though, kudos to them, comes right in puts them back on top right away, basically. And I was just like, Sweden, what happened? I can't help, but wonder what happened there. So again, heart goes out to them. Cause I don't even think they knew what happened. Yeah. yeah.
3: You're absolutely right. It did seem like they switched off. So the sequence sequence of events, you know, Luelo comes on again, super sub. Mm-hmm. We talked about her against the Netherlands. She scores that game winning goal. Now she's subbed on again in, uh, in this semifinal against Sweden scores in the 81st minute, which was Spain's first shot on net in that entire game. They had two shots on net and two goals. So we typically talk about the Spanish side as being like really, really dangerous in the attack. They kind of lacked that quality of, in terms of getting those dangerous shots on net, but two (laughs) shots on goal, two goals. goals. You got to give it up to them for at least Mm -hmm. being very effective and efficient when they did shoot on target. But so, yeah, so Paraluelo scores in the 81st minute, seven minutes later, Sweden scores. So you kind of like, okay, Spain sloppy in the box. Blom, Blomqvist. I don't want to butcher that. You know, she's left unmarked in the box, you know, a little sloppy from Spain. So they shut off. But then honestly, one minute later, Sweden, like low key returns the favor, they shut off and they leave Carmona completely unmarked who hits Uh, a banger from outside of the box and give Spain the lead. And like I said, this is all in a 10 minute window. So the whole game, I'm kind of like, okay, like, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I expected, yes, I expected more Mm -hmm. from Sweden. We saw that a little bit more in the second half, but then in all of a sudden in this 10 minute window, we have three goals and Spain's going through to the final. So it, it it was crazy um, in, in, in terms of that window of time. But other than that expected more from both teams, but Mm -hmm. in that, in that i you got to give credit to spain you yeah. got to give credit to spain for taking down this experienced sweeter side yeah. and for for getting through to that final and what
1: we talk about every episode almost it's like the teams that keep advancing and going through Mm -hmm. are the ones that can dig deep and find a way to get it done even in the final seconds the final moments of the game so again kudos to spain because they are the ones obviously that are doing that um on the world stage but wow it was wild you know sweden obviously equalized before carmona's goal to make it two to one but i'm right trying to write a little recap here for work and i'm like okay like getting ready. Like we're going to go to extra time. I'm starting to prepare those. And then yeah, those are the worst 30 <laughs> seconds later, like Spain scores. And I'm like, did I just jinx the whole thing? Like, I hope not, <laughs> but
3: that, oh, those are the worst. I remember once, uh, I think it was the champions league this year or last season where I think city were playing, Oh, I don't remember who they were playing. I, I think a German side in Holland scored five goals, I think, or four or five goals, but guys, I can't remember what I did yesterday. So, uh, but I do remember like having a video ready to go out like hat trick, you know, and then all of a sudden he scores another one and then another one. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like all of a sudden you're rewriting <laughs> everything. You're redoing everything. You're mm-hmm. like, I'm dealing with a cheat code here. Yeah, so I crazy. totally understand that's sports journalism for you though. It, it's oh, never gross. over until that final whistle goes. So mm-hmm. I understand understand that kind of frustration but also you're probably like okay now I finally also have some depth in my in my article to before, write about yeah before I was like
1: I said it, it was very quiet nothing was really going on I was like I do not even know what the storyline is here so but boy did it deliver in the end of the Spain versus Sweden match but again oh my gosh just following this Sweden team seeing what they've accomplished again heart totally goes out out to them but got to talk about the dominance of this spanish team i think the final is going to be really interesting and yeah wonderful players we've we've seen them clutch up when they need to and that's really important um, on the world stage but there was a moment i don't know if you saw this caroline that i just want to talk about because it brings in their their management issues and alexia puteas gets subbed off she's basically walking to her team bench And Vilda puts his hand out to sort of give her like a high five and she literally slaps it away. She pushes him away. And that went Twitter viral. And I just thought that is a summary of the situation.
3: Well, if I want to think about now Spain going into the finals versus England, who has a top notch manager, we'll get into Vigman Mm. here in a minute. I wonder if this is kind of like a little bit of like their weakness and that's not their fault. That's just the situation that they're dealing with. And even after they won against the Netherlands, uh, Vilga came onto the field to to celebrate with them and Mm -hmm. no one celebrated with him, uh, which is kind of this, like you almost feel like this Spanish women's side is boycotting the situation Mm -hmm. with their manager. And there's been rumors and, you know, articles in the media saying that he's created this very toxic controlling environment with the Spanish women's side that they have like situations where they'll go shopping. And when they come back, he like checks their shopping bags to see what they bought, or they have to leave their door, uh, their door rooms open, their rooms, the doors to their room open to make sure that like, no one else is in their room aside who they're rooming with. Just when you're talking about a senior national team with very mature women and women who are there, you know, Mm -hmm. this obviously is a, is a team that gets along and being a woman and probably being coached by men. You're like, this is, This is crossing the line, right? So they've kind of boycotted him in the sense they've wrote, you know, 15 senior women's national team players on the Spanish side wrote emails to the federation, the Spanish federation saying, we want this to be addressed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we want to make sure that we're heard because we don't like what's happening within our program and it's become very toxic. and. I believe that Vilda's dad is uh, the current head of the Spanish Federation's women's department, so there wasn't much success in kind of getting Vilda out, uh, mm-hmm. and and the women's side hasn't had much backing in that sense. But you're kind of seeing this real time boycott happening at the World Cup, which I personally like haven't seen something like this. But I've never seen no. a player like so. Um, openly snub their manager. So you have to wonder, is this something that's going to affect the Spanish side or do they keep doing what they're doing? And I'm assuming they're just playing for each other, playing for their country, playing for themselves and, and win. But it does, it does make me wonder, like, is this going to be a reason why Spain can't take down someone who's, who's, From across the board, like England, Mm -hmm. so strong with such a confident, experienced, successful manager on their side who might need, who might know how to handle a situation better in a final than clearly Vilda's doing with his side because his players have no respect for him. And I don't know the situation, Mm -hmm. but if the rumors are true, then you got to feel for this women's side. Oh, I I totally feel for this Spanish woman side. Like, I can't even
1: imagine being on a national team like this in the World Cup, let alone getting all the way to the end of the World Cup and not respecting your manager, not having that support. That's got to be extremely, extremely difficult. And I truly think what's holding this team together is the players love and respect for each other and just holding themselves together, trying to play and represent their country the best they can, but also make it known. On this more political side, if you would. Um, So it's tough. And then it also brings the question of the Spanish team. They've obviously done exceptional at this World Cup. And what does that mean now? Like people might think, oh, that's up to the manager. Right. The management's taking them this far. So is the manager going to stay? Are they going to go? But it's like, no, these are this is the team. That's doing this, that's getting them through in their will. So I think there's a bit of a difference. But again, this team, they've got themselves obviously to a fabulous position this tournament. But when it really comes down to the final match, the World Cup final, I truly believe that's where I think England has that little bit more of an edge with with the togetherness. But at the same time, maybe Spain might think, oh, they have something to prove. We're
3: doing it ourselves together. So I think it can work both ways. It's very interesting it'll be very interesting to see which direction it goes in for Spain. And I hope for these women who have taken this very public stance against their manager, that they're able to succeed, you know, someone like Puteas to do that, who's a Mm -hmm. Ballon d'Or winner, who's one of the most visible Mm -hmm. female athletes in this sport. And and even across the board for men, like everyone knows who, if you watch football, you know, who Alexia Puteas is Mm -hmm. for her to do that. That's a statement. You know, something's gone wrong. You know that she's a very mature experienced player. So Mm -hmm. Um, I, I I hope that Spain continues their success. You know, a lot of great players on that team. Bonmati, uh, Paraluelo, we mentioned her. Puteas, Carmona with that screamer at the end. Uh, Redondo, you know, there's just so many players. It's just, I hope that this drama that everyone yeah. seems to be talking about doesn't weigh down on them in the biggest game of their lives. Like, I hope Vilda, who's been a, this the coach of this national team for Spain for since 2015 mm-hmm. can, I don't know what's going on, but put your ego aside. I don't know. Like <laughs> this is the world cup final, it's the world it's cup final, you yeah. know? So it, it's, it's very unfortunate to kind of see the, these women dealing with that. And mm-hmm. I do hope that if they are able to win this women's world cup, there's this massive public stance that they take and say, we did yeah. this on our own. And Unfortunately, if they don't win it, you know, take a stand for themselves and saying like, we should have never had to deal with that Mm -hmm. in what could have been historic for our program and our country. Yeah. Either way, I, I truly think, you know,
1: these women have spoke out before they're being very public. Yeah. I think right now they're just focusing on what needs to be done for the final, but I would personally love to see them come out with something after the world's Me cup. Too. Um, maybe once they've had a little bit of time to digest it, just, just to see what happens. But, Oh my gosh, again, like they might never make it to a world cup final. Ever again, you never know, right? I mean, they might, they might not. You never know what's going to happen. Of course, now in the game of football, in the next four years, we could have a very, very different final with the way that the game is progressing. But my heart goes out to them because to have this aspect in the back of your brain, when you're going into one of the biggest moments of your entire life, Mm -hmm. It sucks, frankly, and that's not an eloquent way to put it, but it really does suck. So,
3: yeah, sometimes it's plain and simple, and I agree with you. And I just hope that they keep doing what they're doing because whatever they have done has gotten them this far. And I just now, it'd be great to see either country, England or Spain, kind of seal the deal. The storylines are there for either country. They've worked so hard. You know, it it hasn't been pretty in every single game for either Spain or England, but Mm -hmm. they're probably the two best teams in this tournament. I would have to say in terms of the way that they're playing. So, uh, we'll see what happens, but I do kind of want to touch now on England versus Mm. Australia, which man, like I, I have to, I have to, you know, say that I, had Australia winning this one, you know, the Matildas, everything that they've been doing for their country and obviously being a co-host nation of this world cup, but England just took them out of this game. This wasn't the same Australia that we've seen in previous games. And that's not, you know, that's not putting any type of negativity on Australia. I think that England is just that good. Mm -hmm. And they stepped up to the occasion. We wondered, you know, can England handle you know, 80,000 Australian fans cheering for the Matildas. And they absolutely, it's like they blocked that noise out. They played their game. They were dangerous from the first, you know, couple of of minutes in that game. And just a team that, like I've said on this podcast before, I believe they've peaked at the right time. And Mm -hmm. now I just wonder if they're just completely unstoppable. They have one more game to finish it off and it might quite possibly be their best game Mm -hmm. based on how they've been doing and just the camaraderie on this team and how they've been playing. You'd have to wonder if if this is England's World Cup and they're about to go back to back between the Euro and the world. Oh, that would be unbelievable, of course, for England. But
1: wow, I had no idea what to expect really coming into this because the home stage, the immense amount of fans, the pressure for both sides. Like you just don't know how that's going to affect somebody. and. I always say like with this England team, like you can tell how they're going to play from the first five minutes of the game. They're one of those teams and they, they came out of the gate swinging and I was like, yeah, they're here to play. They're not putting this pressure of playing against the Matildas and their incredible story um, at the forefront. They're just going out and they're playing their game. And you could see that literally right from the get go. Um, I thought the Matildas maybe would have been like a little bit more fiery to be honest. But when Sam Kerr got that goal, I thought jeepers, anything can happen here. Um, Of course we didn't see that happen, but again, this Australian team, no matter that they lost, they have made history for their country, history for this team. And I truly think it's just the beginning for the Matildas. And I'm so excited to see what happens for them in the future. But again, as an England fan, family over there, everyone's amped. They're kind of, it's this general consensus that yeah, maybe it actually is coming home. And we have this belief and the momentum just keeps going and going and going. They're getting better and better and better with
3: each game, each touch. And it's a joy to see, obviously, from a fan perspective. Absolutely. And, you know, the Matildas have done an incredible job. And I think every single time they're at the World Cup, they go one step further. So maybe the next World Cup, they'll they'll be at the final because they have a great squad, some really, really key players. Uh, but I just, I don't know if they didn't have enough in the tank because I, I don't know if there was fatigue in there for them. Possibly. It wasn't their best performance. We also talked about could the pressure of the moment get to them? Yep. You know, they know their whole nation's watching, millions of viewers, they're breaking records every single game. Mm -hmm. The the stadium's packed. You have to wonder if maybe the moment got to them a little bit Uh, because it definitely wasn't the best performance that we've seen from them. But then, like I said, you also have to give credit to this English side because Mm -hmm. they played very, very well. And, you know, Ella Toon scores that first goal of the game. Just the way she scored it, it was a, a, an absolute rocket of a goal. Uh, you know, this is, a, this is a player who comes up clutch in very, very big games. We saw that against Germany when she scored the opening goal in the Euro Cup final. This is a girl that can get her team going. I know that if I'm her teammate and I see her score a goal like that, I'm like, holy crap. We're at the, this, this is our chance to get to the world cup final. And, and my friend Ella just scored a goal like that. Mm-hmm. Like let, let's, you know, let's now even turn it up even more. Mm-hmm. So, you know, respect to her. And then you'd bring up Sam Kerr's goal. We'll get into that a bit in, in a minute. Cause I kind of mm-hmm. want to have like a whole little segment on that. for sure. And Lauren Hemp comes back you know, oh takes out the complete, you know, momentum that Australia gained. Like you want to talk about sucking the life out of Australia. You saw Sam Kerr's face. drained. Sam Kerr's Oh my God. I just scored one of the best goals of my career. And we, you know, we had a chance in the semifinal and Lauren Hemp off of a terrible defensive error from mm-hmm. Carpenter, you know now puts England back in the lead and going off of Lauren hemp, having that incredible pass into Russo who mm-hmm. helped Russo score her third goal of the women's world cup. Just hemp to me was that game MVP. She was everywhere. She was yeah. disrupting. She was scoring goals. She's assisting goals. She's splitting back lines. That assist was so beautiful how she mm-hmm. with the ball and just broke Australia's back line. But England as a team, you know, I wasn't expecting a three, one win on either side. No. I was expecting one no. nil. And for England to kind of, as the game went on, dismantle mm-hmm. this Australian side, especially after that Sam Kerr goal shows how mentally and physically and emotionally tough this team is. And I called them a mentality monster type of team. Like Great. when, when, when you when your team is now tied And you're taking on Australia, who's the home nation. And I'm sure the crowd erupts, especially Mm -hmm. the way Sam Kerr scored that goal. And you're able to just absolutely diffuse that momentum as quickly as we did and get back on the top. This is a team that's going to... Yeah. This is a team that... I don't want to, because people get mad at me. They're like, you're jinxing, you're jinxing. I'm like, if I had that <laughs> power, if I had the power of a jinx, I'd be playing the lottery every day, guys. So uh-huh. <laughs> I don't have the power of a jinx, but this is a team that I could see holding up the world cup trophy. They're just, they are top to bottom. Yeah. There for me. Yeah. You you don't see something like that happen every day. That's for sure.
1: It is extremely difficult to disrupt such a colossal wave of momentum like that. And to do it in the way that they did, of course, feel for that defensive error from the Matildas but Lauren Hemp provider of the game yep. 100% she was England's provider and then from there that was the turning point for me that's how I kind of was watching it I was like oh my gosh Australia life sucked out of them it's like their their hope was gone a little bit you know and it, it sucked to see that um, but from the other hand like you said I mean Yeah, they dismantled. They didn't let it get to them. Resiliency, we've talked about that over and over and over. Same with teams like Argentina at the Men's World Cup. Resiliency, that's what gets these teams all the way to the end. And they're knocking out, okay, Nigeria on penalties, Colombia, um, of course, knocking out Australia, the home team, one of the favorites at the end of the tournament. No small joke. um, I think they can absolutely take on the
3: Spanish team. I agree. Let's talk a little bit about Sam Kerr. You know, I have an immense amount of respect for her. We know that she's been out most of this world cup. If you want to say all of it, aside from this game, you can with a calf injury, we've seen her come off the bench. You know, she came in for penalties against France, but this was her first start of the world cup, her first 90 minute game. I believe she played 90 minutes and for her, like people need to understand as a player to come into a a game, let alone a world cup. Like this is, this is the biggest stage and, and, and probably her personal international career that she'll ever play in, Mm -hmm. uh, depending on what happens in the future. But for her to come in and in that first start and have a goal like that and put her team on her back and do it in front of her nation and, and her fans and to score a goal the way she did, like she received that ball in her own half. She's penetrating. It was so funny. The commentator's like, Sam Kerr is going to need some help. And I'm like, does she really need help? Because if you watch <laughs> Sam Kerr, you know that she can do it. You know some. I agree. Some obvious. You know, poor defending from from England, but Sam Kerr picking up her head and and just you know shooting way over Erps and, and getting that goal the way she scored it. For me personally, I know there's been a lot of incredible goals at this Women's World Cup, but given context and given how much that goal probably got every single person watching off their couch in absolute disbelief. I had chills all over my Mm -hmm. body. Mm -hmm. The fact that it was in a semifinal, the fact that it was the equalizer, the fact that it was a goal of that, you know, caliber, I think it was the goal of the tournament in my opinion. And I made a video about that and I'm getting so much hate because people for some reason don't,
0: com slash a cast.
3: I don't know. A lot of people don't like Sam Kerr. Apparently. Um, I don't know if my video ended up on the wrong side of TikTok, but it's very unfortunate yeah. because she's an incredible footballer. I would say one of the best strikers in the world right now on the women's in the women's game. And Great. to do that, to do that without having many touches in this world cup, it takes an incredible player to do it. So yeah. I just, you know, hats off to Sam Kerr. Like I said, it sucks that England absolutely took the life out of them like oh. eight minutes later. Mm-hmm. But you have to give credit, you know, for to, to Sam for doing that. Yeah, she missed a couple of sitters in front of the net and a lot of people are ripping her for that. But my goodness, like everyone... They, and this happens every day in football. like, do, mean, you want, do you want, do you want to try? Like, do yeah. you want to step in and well, do that, it? Because that's it's not, not that easy. That's yeah. the best part. Like the people who say that, you know, haven't, yeah. Would have, would never be on the stage that she is. And also we've seen some of the best players on both the men's and women's mm-hmm. side, miss sitters, you know, yeah. and it happens. She did what she could. I think she did her job to the fullest in in the capacity that she could given that this was her first start of the women's world cup. And I just am so impressed with her. And it's unfortunate that the Matildas weren't able to pull it out. But I think that that for me personally, goal of the tournament and just such respect for Sam Kerr.
0: Yeah,
1: it was a moment. It was a moment, absolutely. And I remember Caroline in our last podcast. You sort of predicted that, like Sam Kerr's going to come on and she's going to have a goal and she is going to have her moment. And when Sam scored the goal, I immediately thought, I was like, Caroline, (laughs) (laughs) you are right. I was sitting there. I was like, we got to talk about that in the next episode (laughs) because it's true. But again, I think what you mentioned about context is so 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 important. Context for her, her injury, her mentality, where the Matildas are at. That's what I think a lot of people need to sort of try to understand when they're looking at these situations. And I think people are very quick to judge certain shots missed or opportunities missed. But it's like, no, Sam Kerr 110% kept her team in this. Yes. For yes. sure. And I made a video too, carolina and I I mean uh, well, my words, I named four MVPs of the game. And Sam Kerr was one of mine for Australia. And I also got a lot of hate on that in the comments. Oh of people being like, so I was like, I have to mention this, of people being like, oh, no, like her overall performance sucked. And I'm like, okay, you know what? I don't often get into these hate comments because I just let it be or I delete them. But I was like, no, I'm going to take the time to reply because I'm like, she was 100% the reason why Australia regained hope. That was an outstanding 2v1 goal against a team like England who are fairly defensively strong sublime strike. She's coming off of an injury and the amount of pressure that she's like she's the face of this Australian team, yeah. she's the face of this Women's World Cup. So for her to come on and do that gl- glorious. Just because they lost doesn't and just because she missed that, you know, point blank shot right in front of the net, that doesn't mean she's she's not important. She's not a tournament MVP. It wasn't a goal of the tournament. Like no. So it gets me a little riled up, but yeah, she 100% deserves all the respect in the world. And I'm so excited to watch her in the upcoming WSL season because she
3: really is a magician out there. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I don't know what's wrong with people. Anyone who's played a sport, it doesn't even have to be football. Anyone who's played a sport knows that when you're coming into a tournament like the World Cup and mm-hmm. you haven't played the entire World Cup because of an injury. A calf injury, which like, hello, this is, it's your leg. You need that in, in mm-hmm. football. To, to do what she did uh, is absolutely incredible. Again, to not have many touches in at this World Cup and to have your first start of the World Cup against England, the team that just won the Euros, the team that's mm-hmm. now headed into the World Cup final, people who are disrespecting her and not giving her credit obviously don't know a single thing about football. Exactly. It's 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 just not possible granted she missed a couple of, of situations. Yes. Should, should she have scored them? Yes. But there's also other players on the field, yep. you know, other players who could have also got the job done. It's not just Sam Kerr. Sam yep. Kerr did her job. And in my opinion was one of the best players on the field. So yeah. it was, oh, from both yeah, teams. I agree. So people need to just kind of like calm down. They love to pile on, you know, people oh, are yeah. like, yeah, she scored a great goal, but who won? Yeah. No one's discrediting England. No, You can give credit to a player and a moment without discrediting crediting another team or another moment like you can absolutely do that so it's yes. just unfortunate I don't know what Sam Kerr's done to, 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 to receive all of this kind of negativity but I hope she's holding her head up high because she did everything she could to to help the Matildas get into that final exactly and now they're the best thing
1: they can do is just to be really proud that they are at this point in the tournament for the first time in their history on home soil this is such a special 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 moment now they got a reset refocus to take on sweden to hopefully win
3: bronze yeah that's true i always forget about the third yep, place that map. would be on saturday i always forget i always forget okay that's good to know thank you for reminding me julia yeah. uh one not a player. One person I want to mention in particular, uh, Serena Wiegmann, who is the coach of this English national team. So she's managed in four major international tournaments and has reached the final every single time. So for context, Euro 2017, she was the winner Euro World Cup 2019 runner up, which was with the Netherlands both times Euro 2022 winner with England. And now she has the potential to win the World Cup here with England. So her track record, you have to assume... You can't argue this at all. She's the number one manager in women's football. This is an impressive stat. I mean, four major finals. Amazing. You're every single time you're, you're managing a team to be able to get to that point, you're doing something right. And you know, that she has to be creating this. We, we kind of talked about Vilda, like where his team's doing all of their work on the pitch, but off the pitch, you know, that there's a lot going wrong mm-hmm. where she has a team that's handling their business on the pitch. And you know, that there's also a lot of camaraderie and respect yeah. and chemistry off the pitch. So this is where I also think about, like I said earlier in the show, Spain versus England. Uh, These are two very talented sides, but you mentioned the word togetherness, which I think sums up what I was trying to say perfectly. England is a team of togetherness where I Mm -hmm. think Spain Mm -hmm. has a lot of toxicity and drama going on behind the scenes, which I hope doesn't affect them in this final. So uh, I just wanted to give a massive shout out to Vigman and and what she's doing. And personally, if I'm the U S women's national team program, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at her and only her to save the U S women's national team in whatever their next goal and venture may be.
1: Yeah. Oh, whenever I think about her and I just see her on there, I I get chills almost like she's the ultimate football girl boss. Truly. (laughs) She's one FIFA's best manager multiple times and I saw a, um, Instagram post from the gist. Um, so I haven't fact checked this, but that she's really only lost like one major international match ever. And that was when like runners up, of course, I'm just like, when you think about that, like, that is an outstanding achievement. She deserves way more respect. She, is classy in her management speech and her PR, like yep. just the respect and love she has for every single person, not just on the team, but you see how she interacts with her management. I've even heard stories behind the scenes of like how she treats even people like interns out just outstandingly. So I think it's, again, a whole culture um, that they've created, like, you know, of, of togetherness, of respect, of mutual support. And that, its mentality, we've talked about that this whole tournament, that goes on and it really plays a role. I think a lot of people think you just have to be the best football player. And while that obviously plays a role, it's not the whole part of the
3: game either. It's not 100% of the game. So she's now the first coach to lead two nations to a World Cup final, which so she's making history. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk a lot about how players are accountable for their performance and the team's accountable for their performance when they play, but managers play a very important role too, right? Like you talk about how Vigman off the pitch handles herself with class and integrity and a a lot of positive things are said about her. That, as a, as a former player, I'm telling you right now, when I have a manager like that, that makes me feel like at ease, like, okay, if, if shit were to hit the fan or if something happened, our manager, one has our backs and two knows how to handle it properly, where it's not going to now come on our shoulders where we have to deal with a lot of the drama. We kind of saw that a little bit with Ireland and Mm -hmm. their manager, there was also a lot of drama going on there, but I have to really, really give a shout out to Vigman and what she's been doing. Because again, if your track record is that, which is hers and and it's the best tracker track record Mm -hmm. in women's football, then she's, she knows what she's doing. And this English national team's probably at peace. And now the only thing they're thinking about going into this final is, let's make history. Let's do this. Let's go back to back Mm -hmm. where, like I said, a Spain might be dealing with a dumb comment from Vilda or, you know, an unnecessary situation, which again, we're not, we're not exposed to that type of knowledge, but you'd have to wonder if Proteus is slapping his hand away, Mm -hmm. what's going on. So I think that England, the word togetherness is perfect. They're peaking at the right time. They dismantled Australia. They have one game left to get the job done. And I think that they will be able to do it, I'm putting in my prediction. I'm locking it in right now. England's mm-hmm. going to go back to back winning the Euro and the world cup and mm-hmm. England's going to make even more history. Yeah. I
1: think so too. Well, I think so.
3: <laughs> I think so. I hope
1: so. I see the the words coming on the screen of Caroline jinxed it for the people who can't see it. <laughs> <Jinx> <laughs> I mean, isn't real. Oh, that was good. But, oh, I would, I would just love to see that for this you know english team these lionesses they they deserve it i'm not saying other teams don't deserve it but i i just have this again this feeling that it's their moment and what an accomplishment that would be this this team again they they're just wonderful they're beautiful and i just hope that yeah beautiful to watch beautiful people it's it's so exciting and but on the other hand of course hope all of these Things get dealt with. But you know, you talk about US maybe wanting to look to her to pinch. No, I want her to stay. With, of course you do. With yeah. England. And it's like, it's the same for, you know, the Premier League. It's like, as people know, I'm a city fan and people are talking about when's Pep Guardiola going to leave. And I'm like, never, (laughs) never. I feel like
3: Pep wants to be a city legend. I don't think you have anything to worry Oh
1: gosh, no, no. There's word on the street
3: he'll do international. So maybe he'll coach the Spanish women's team. Who knows? Maybe, who knows? Uh, one thing I want to say though, is if Spain were to somehow squeeze this win out, I wouldn't be overly surprised either. Uh, I'm very impressed with the Spanish side. Mm -hmm. They're clearly a Mm -hmm. team that is hard to take down. And Para Luelo, in my opinion, if she could just keep this streak going, she might be the best young player of the tournament, right? Like this is a... Super sub, a power sub, a, a force to be reckoned with when she comes on the pitch where she makes something happen out of nothing. So, mm-hmm. this is a player and, and a couple other players that England really have to be careful with. Again, we saw England have some sloppy defending against yep. Sam Kerr. It's yep. not like they are, you know, untouchable. Nope. Spain has the ability to kind of pick England apart. In, mm-hmm. With how offensively sound they are. It's just they have to be better than two shots on net and two goals. Like, we need to see a lethal Spain that we saw earlier on in the tournament. Mm-hmm. So, because I think this England team is going to come out guns blazing. So, Spain needs to be prepared to deal with that. And at the same time, I wouldn't be overly surprised if, if we sit here on Sunday and say Spain are the World no. Cup champions. So it could go either way. Uh, really, this is the beauty of the World Cup. No no one ever thought the Men's World Cup final would be as chaotic mm-hmm. as it was. Oh, when yeah. It came down to freaking oh. penalty kicks out of nowhere. Uh, Mbappe, the absolute hero. So we're going to see what happens in this one. But just just with the way that I've seen England progressively get better, I can't, I can't Think it would be anyone but England. Mm-hmm. Uh, I agree. It's gonna it's gonna be an exhilarating game.
1: I don't think we can count any chickens until right at the end because again you have no idea what's going to happen in Spain you got to say they can pull out a goal out of absolutely nowhere at the mm-hmm. blink of an eye so it truly it could even be a couple goals up England let's say in England still are not safe so it's going to come down to the wire it's going to be teams pushing all the way to the end yep. and again I, I think yeah both of these teams are here for a reason of course Hart wants England to win but at the end of the day both teams are here they deserve it they are outstanding they are class and we'll just
3: have to see what happens on Sunday can't wait we'll be back on Sunday recapping the bronze medal match thank you Julia for reminding me and the world cup final so if you guys have your predictions if you have any thoughts on the games please let us know and we'll be back we'll be back this weekend on kicked back presented by Betway thanks for listening thanks for watching Julia and Caroline here with you and see you soon